joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and latest trends in digital world. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is our other host, Samir Khan. How are you, Samir? Hey, how are you, Jeremy? Good. This is great. Um, excited to be back on again. Uh, Samir and I have been focusing on uh, you know, more topics, more frequency, trying to come up with really cool stuff that you guys would have an interest in. And I don't know if you know this, but Samir is kind of an expert in, in, in generative AI. And it's one of those things to where, you know, I, I know over the break and over a lot of different things, you started to do a ton of research. And based on all that research, you know, we're able to find out a lot of different things. And one of the topics that we came up with, something really cool. And we've decided that today's topic is going to be three strategies to to integrate uh, generative AI for a busy CIO, right? So yes, I, I sir, think that's for... going to be the topic for today, and it's a very exciting topic. Before we continue, Jeremy, I want to talk about a revolutionary energy product that I have recently started using. It's called Magic Mind, and my results have been remarkable. So I want to share with our listeners. Like many of you, there have been days where I just couldn't find the extra spark of creativity, where my productivity was not to the level that I really wanted. And that's where I discovered Magic Mind. And let me tell you, like it's been it's been very good compared to the other energy drinks that I've consumed before. It's not your typical energy drink. Like I don't like those sugar-filled, jitter-inducing energy drinks. And I'm not a big fan of caffeine. I don't drink coffee. But Magic Mind has become my secret weapon because one of the things that it sets it apart is a unique blend of ingredient. It has a combination of nutrients, adaptogens, and nootropics that work together to support the brain performance and overall well-being. And for our listeners, for a limited time, we have a special offer. So you can go to magicmind.com forward slash ATPOD, which is Analytics Today Podcast short ATPOD. You can get an incredible 56% discount on your first subscription and you can have your own supply of magic mind delivered to you straight to the door to get that extra boost of energy whenever you need it now if you're not ready to take the subscription challenge then you can still get 24 percent off by purchasing using the same code atpod i can't recommend magic mind enough it's a game changer for me and i believe it will work for you as well so just go to magicmind.com forward slash atpod to use the discount code now over to you, Jeremy. Yeah. So if you want, um, l- let me give the brief overview, and then Samir, if you want to go into the importance of of Gen AI, kind of like what Gen AI is, to make sure everybody's on the same page, because somebody might say, "Well, is that ChatGPT or is that not?" So for real, for really, <laughs> let's start with really um, what it is, and it's really to, you know, when you talk about the transformative properties of Gen AI. You have to really understand that there's when companies bring in new technologies, there can be a lot of pitfalls. There can be a lot of problems and issues. There there can be a lot of things that happen that can go wrong. And when you bring in something as powerful as Gen AI, you can't just implement it like everything else, right? It, it's not the same implementation. You got to do it a little bit different, right? So I think let, let's start with that. If you want to go, Samir, let's start with what is Gen AI? Right. And, and really, how is that possibly different from ChatGPT and other stuff? And then we can go to the next part. Yeah, that's a good question. And, and, you know, a lot of people now are getting 
uh, aware of Gen AI. And since this podcast is directed to a CIO, they probably already are aware of what Gen AI is. But again, this is a public podcast. A lot of people that may listen to this may have been recently introduced to Gen AI or may not even know Gen AI. So we have both sides of the spectrums, like people who are mm-hmm. really advanced, they're using it, people who are kind of middle planning to use it, and then people who are getting their feet wet and they're just trying to understand how Gen AI can help me. So for that, I like your idea of doing a quick high-level primer on what Gen AI is. Gen AI is generative AI. And uh, essentially today, Gen AI models are called large language models because mm-hmm. they're using a significantly large uh, learning base, knowledge base. Like, for example, ChatGPT, which was introduced by OpenAI in the fall of 2022, uh, is a generative AI model. And from that, many different types of model originated. ChatGPT was focused primarily uh, 100% on text. Now it's getting advanced. It's also learning uh, different types of uh, content like video, images, and what have you. And similarly, Google Bard is another Gen AI technology uh, Midjourney is a Gen AI technology focused on images. Dali is also a Gen AI technology focused on images. So there are a variety of these types of technology that are coming in that are allowing us to quickly perform tasks. Like you know, I always say yes. ChatGPT is one of my favorite employees because yeah. whatever I tell ChatGPT <laughs> to produce textually and contextually, it goes and does that. But at the same time, ChatGPT is an employee. I always tell that on my Twitter um, yes. that ChatGPT is just an employee and you need to give it proper instructions and proper prompts. Uh, and I actually have a newsletter also that we run uh, on this topic, like how do you write effective prompts? So the idea is to make sure that you use Gen AI properly and mm-hmm. not treat that as your executive team. Uh, so if exactly. you're a CIO, it can yeah. be your best friend, uh, but it can... It can be your best employee, but it's not going to take your place yet in no, the ChatGPT and, and version I, 4 we're talking. For, for those people that get a little excited, and I'm going to phrase it in a nice way. For those people that get really excited and say, ChatGPT is going to take my job or AI is going to take all your jobs. No, it's not. It's not going to take your job. It's, it's an input system. It's an input-output system. You have to create the proper prompt and a proper data input in order to create an output. That output, and we're going to talk about that um, actually in today's topic, is it does not recognize soft skills, right? It does not recognize the need for people in those soft skills. So let's let's start with it. Let's just jump into this, right? So when we talk about the importance of it, right, when when you're bringing on a new technology, the first thing we got to do is we got to recognize challenges, right? What are the key challenges when you're implementing technology as powerful as it. So let me give the first one, Samir, and we'll go through three three challenges. I'll give the first one and then we can give a little highlight for each one. So the first one is we say that when you're implementing this Gen AI, what we're saying is you got to use an all-in approach, right? We're not just saying only find one single isolated part of the business and implement it there. And we're not saying that you got to go all in, right? And, and, um, you know, the problem is, is that when you when you do this, is it, it could have these problems, right? And you're like, oh, it's going to create a higher cost. It's going to create. So a t- higher tell complexity. me what is like. Let's yeah. first and help the listeners understand what is all in. All in. Okay. What do you mean so by all in? So what we're saying is you can't just you can't half ass it, 
right? You can't just okay. come in and, and you and you bring in a technology. You can't just say, we're going to try it out for a little bit. You really got to put in the effort. You got to put in the longevity of it. You got to make sure okay. that when you implement it, you got to make sure that that tool is implemented and you see it all the way through to success, right? You got to really put in the effort and invest into it. That's when I say all in. But the challenge uh, yeah, is- Yeah, so you have to go. So for example, like, uh, you know, we do MVPs, right? So- uh, yes. Are you suggesting that we should not do MVP at all, or we should still do MVP no. before we go all in? No, we, we, the MVP is a part of the all in. As you go okay. there, it's a, it's a marathon, Perfect. not a race. And so we'll get to the recommendation on that. But the thing is, when you do that all in approach, which is the great way, the problem is it's going to create these challenges. So it's going to create higher costs, right? It's going to create all these complexities. It's going to create technical debt. And you got to recognize that all that's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once all that happens, then you say, okay, how do we fix that? Right. So maybe, you know what, instead of going through the key challenges, how about let's just, um, let's go through the recommendations for each of the ones so we can stay on that topic right there, if that's cool. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. talk about the all in approach and kind of what is the recommendation. Yeah. Let's, okay, let's talk so about that. When you come in and you're going to do a technology all in, you have to invest. Nobody has ever said, hey, Samir, we're bringing this new technology. And then all of a sudden, what we want to do is just kind of try it out for a little bit to see if it works. And if it doesn't work the first time, we're going to step back away. Nobody does that, right? You invest no. your time into it. The key is what we call is you have to adopt a strategy using a proof of concept, right? Or an MVP or a proof of concept or a POC model. And what you do is by doing that, you help to then mitigate, mitigate long-term risks, right? You're, you're going to do that to maximize your potential. And you're also going to help deploy, prepare to deploy that across the company through that all-in process. But in order to get to the big, you got to start with the small. Does that make so sense? let's take a scenario on that one, right? Sure. So you said that let's, first you said all-in approach, and then uh, in part of the all-in approach, you can adopt a MVP or a pilot of some sort, Right. Correct. Uh, so I'm a CIO. I'm working in a midsize or large company, right? Uh, and I want to figure out a way to deploy generative AI. Now, a lot of companies today are struggling with generative AI, especially the larger ones, because mm -hmm. they're going through this uh, evolution of, hey, this is my proprietary data. This is my proprietary content. If I ask my, uh, if I introduce Gen AI in my organization, then I'm going to experience uh, uh, some loss of uh, revenue share because of the proprietary information being leaked into the open AI large, uh, large language models uh, and mm -hmm. whatnot. So in that case, uh, where do you feel that I should start? Like what department that I should start and maybe slowly sure. expand from there and kind of do that testing? What is your opinion about that? So when we, when you look at all the different uh, revenue cost areas, a lot of times you're going to look at the key areas that have the bigger areas of focus, and those are going to be around customer experience, customer retention, and revenue growth. What you don't want to do is put all of your time and effort into things that are going to that are that are going to shake the boat too much. Right? It should end up in the customer experience center. But what you should do is try it in areas to where you won't really rock the boat too much. Right? There are okay. automated systems. So, like, systems. for example, answering customer, common customer queries. Yes. Uh, Actually, marketing one, one is one we, of the one area, right? 
Yeah, one thing we actually talked about, and I think you and I had this conversation about, is when uh, there's automations you can build out for note-taking features that um, that creates transcripts or transcribes your meetings and then is able to take those notes and upload those into a wiki. And I think that yeah. would be, even be a perfect place. Because if you think about it, that's great. I mean, a lot of times when you're speaking to a customers and you've got to do trans transcribe those calls, you know, the last thing you want to just take all those notes, no, throw it into a generative AI and that generative AI will then output it into this note feature. And then it'll send out an email to everybody else saying, Hey, here's everything that we talked about here. The, the top key points, that would be a perfect place to start for me. Yeah. Yeah. And another area for me, that's, that's a great recommendation. The other area that for me is uh, your learning center. So you yes. already have a ton of videos in your learning center. Like some could be long, some could be short, right? You can take and translate those videos into a shorter bite. Like I always do this. I see this YouTube video. I'm really interested mm -hmm. in it, but I don't have time to watch the one and a half hour show. So I'm just going to take that, put it in BART and say, hey, summarize 10 10 key topics from this with the takeaway for me yeah. and action items and boom there you have it like i have the list of actionable items from the video so i don't have to spend watching the entire video so that 100%. you can do the same thing as a cio implement that into your learning center whichever learning platform that you're using nowadays most of them they come with gen ai and then have give your employees who are going through the certification course in your learning center or your your own university to summarize these videos relatively quickly mm -hmm. so they can learn fast. So you're, you're basically, imp and to get back to Samir's initial questions, you're implementing them into efficiency centers, right? You're not trying to put them in cost and revenue centers because if, you, if you're testing out proofs of concept in revenue centers and, um, and, and customer-facing centers, it's easy to make mistakes. It's easy to fail. And then all of a sudden, you're not going to go through with that all-in and, and get to the end goal. You're going to stop because I like you're going to find some Efficiency failures center. and you're going to get yeah. scared. And then all of a sudden you're going to say, oh, this is not working. We're going to pull the plug before something else goes wrong because this customer is already upset, right? right? Find areas that you can create efficiency centers. And that efficiency center is exactly what Samir and I are talking about. Those are two great examples to where do that, use that, that point of or proof of concept approach, right? where basically you identify the project, you go do the proof of concept, you create the prototype, you then go with the pilot project. And then from that, you put into implementation and you're testing along the way, right? You're doing your testing, you're doing your risk assessment, but this is purely in non-customer facing areas where you don't have to worry that you're really going to, you're, you're going to affect revenue. Because we all know at the end of the day, creating higher efficiencies creates higher revenues, right? So put them into these efficiency centers, which is perfect. Let's go to the next yeah. one then. Fantastic. Okay. So when you look at the second one, the second one is interesting because we talked about that first key challenge is it's, is you're isolating and then departmentalizing that gen AI. And so the activation may not scale for long-term adoption. And that comes back to the first one, right? Remember the first one we talked about is that, you're you're not thinking about it all in. You're thinking about just this one little tiny area, and you're only going to keep it isolated. That that is a fill. That is a, re a recipe for success because if you isolate and departmentalize your generative AI, and you activate it to where it never scales and it never then connects systems, 
then you're basically leaving it up to chance to be able to get, um, you know, uh, cut from budget. Because I, you, you and I have had this experience in our life to where we've onboarded a, a new uh, tool and we signed a one-year deal with that. All of a sudden, the budget changed and that tool has a single focus or a single purpose. And that single purpose is it does this specific thing and it's not mm-hmm, connected mm-hmm. to anything else. So what happens when the budget gets cut? Oh, you can live without it because it only has a single focus or a single purpose. Cut it. Right. Right. Yeah. And so then, so then, you so then what you're trying to say. Yeah. 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 So I think I, uh, what you're trying to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is basically now that you have invested in it, you did the POC and the POC was successful then you don't isolate it to that specific department. You can continue to expand in the department. So let's say if you start with your marketing department or we were talking about your learning center, uh, then you try to expand to your maybe customer service could be the next one and maybe, uh, I don't know, operations could be the other one. So you start growing it uh, in in order to fully capitalize on the investments that you have made in Gen AI and for it to provide the ultimate return on investment for your organization. So when we talk about right. the journey, when we talk about the journey, the idea is find one department, like an efficiency center department, and try it out right there. Try it out. Make sure you go through all your testing models, your efficiency models. Make sure it's got resilience. Make sure you know you have redundancies just in case to back it up and so on, and that you can see that it's creating efficiencies in time so it can scale. Now that it's done that, from that, you are going to start to complicate things. This is where the idea of a center of excellence comes in, right? And Samir and I have actually built some center of excellences before in our in our work. And the idea around the center of excellence is you're then creating this opportunity to say, let's now bring together people or leaders from the different key areas, whether it's customer experience or whether it's marketing or sales or operations or whatever, let's bring them in and say, hey, Let's talk about this tool and how it's going to then take out of take itself out of this isolated area and move into these bigger areas, right? Is that I like that. I guess maybe yeah. yeah I mean, when you think about it, um, I, I took some notes around like what can you do with the center of excellence? You, you're going to increase um, employee productivity and utilization because you're making sure that management understands how they're being effectively used to create these efficiencies. You're, you're best utilizing their time. You're increasing um, potential customer loyalty, right? And retention, because then those employees' services will then be able to build efficiencies around that, right? You're creating these like frictionless customer journeys because now you have pass-through models, right? There's all these different things that you can do once you start spreading an, an amazing tool like generative AI across the business. But that center of excellence. Yeah, so a little little bit on that. So what is a center of excellence? So just so that some people are getting used to this term, uh, I know sure. you and I have established center of excellence in many different organizations. But for people who are not necessarily aware, yeah. or what are the things that they need to do? If you want to highlight that, sure. Well, let me give you a, an example, and let me use a visual example. Think about a hub and spoke. When you look at a wheel, a wheel is round, right? In the middle of that is the hub. And you have the different spokes on that wheel, right? And so if you think about it, each of that hub is the meeting center to where everybody comes together. Think about it as like every two weeks, every three weeks, you have a leader or representative who has the ability to make a decision, right, to come into that meeting and we all collectively speak about it. We use the same data sets. 
the same key points. And from that center of excellence, we identify what is the best output to be able to take and translate the IT focus into a business focus, right? What is the return on investment in this implementation of an IT? Where the spoke comes in is the spoke says, now that that team, that center core team has decided the value and the use of that tool, we then become the spokesperson out to, when you look at the wheel, right? Back out to the outer parts. We then become Mm -hmm. the spokesperson back out to those individual teams and they become the individualized expert out in those areas, right? To where they say, okay, okay, our center of excellence talked about this. Here's how we're going to do it. We're all using the same best practices, the same implementation tools, the same training centers, the same data inputs. Everything's the same. That way you've learned from your past mistakes, right? So you don't remake the same mistakes over and over and you don't have five different teams trying to do five different things, different ways. And there's also like power users in there uh, yeah. in, in different areas, right? So, but okay. it's very, a very business-led, good. actually it's an IT-led business function. If you think about it like that, the concept is it's an IT-led business function where you have representatives from product, from IT, from business, from marketing, from sales, even people in finance, and everybody's in there. But you have to have that key mix. It's always business and IT have to be in the same room, right? So because that's allowing that, global co- collaboration and kind of impacting the overall overall experience. I would say total experience, employees, customers together, right? Exactly. It, it, okay. It's a, it's a unique model. But the thing is, if you think about it, when it comes back to the, the original challenge that Samir and I were talking about, the original challenge is you're saying – rather than just taking this amazing tool and plopping it into the marketing department and say, hey, marketing department, you go use it. Just put in this one little thing. But what happens to marketing's budget all the time? It gets cut constantly, right? So let's say their budget gets cut, that tool's gone forever. And you spent all this time and money implementing it. So what we want to do is say, let's build out a centralized need for it and let's start to use it for everything. And I think you and I did that with... um, Social listening. We actually used back in the day, you and I used social listening as a tool when we brought that into a company. We said, look, we're going to then build social listening platform and we're going to be able to use that and build out dashboards for each of the different departments. They can understand what people are saying, what people are talking about. And it was huge. But yeah, when it works, I I remember that very well. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Okay, That's so good. Got, so let's let's talk about what other challenges. Is, that a, is there a third one there? Yeah, we have a third one, third one. So the third one is, so when you're employing Gen AI, right, and all you're trying to do is just achieve this large transformational initiative, and you're just trying to create this higher time to value due to potential complexities and all this stuff, you're going to have these problems because all you're trying to do is, is solve really big problems, right? When it comes down to it, if you bring in Gen AI to say, all we're trying to do is is make really big changes, solve really big problems. We're going to boil the ocean. What's that other phrase? We're going to use a silver bullet to completely transform the company, right? What you're doing is that higher time to value. Say, it's going to take us forever to really find out how we're going to be able to to solve all these problems. Because then what you do is you bring on all these complexities. You're going to have then tech adoption barriers. There's going to be teams like what usually happens. We have a great tool. And then let me give an example. You pass it to HR. 
HR is really not a high tech uh, division or department. They're going to have tech adoption barriers. They're going to say, whoa, you guys using this stuff. We're using our own stuff. We have our own way of doing things, right? But then if you right. take forever to find that value, you're going to have lower cost options coming in. You took forever to find it. And all of a sudden, all these replacement products are going to come in, which is a huge problem. So the change management, I think, is the biggest problem, right? Especially organizations that are going through massive changes and doing this massive transformation projects. Yeah. Then you're going to experience, like you gave an example of HR, uh, they they don't necessarily have, uh, they may or may not have the necessarily skill set to adopt a new technology tool or skill set. So then you'll have to go through holding their hands and walking them through yes. the ladder, up the ladder and the complexities that if comes with it. If they're willing to even accept it. Even if they're if willing, they're to, willing accept to accept it, it right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. going to be people who like the traditional way of doing things and, you know, yeah. good for them. And But the problem is, and when you are trying to do this transformation, you have to uh, bypass those traditional way of doing things and get people onboarded. Uh, and, and that's always a challenge when it comes to change management. Absolutely. And so when, when Sumi and I were talking about this, we were thinking, what is what is the best recommendation we can give, right? So when you think about it, if a, if a CIO or an IT department or even the center of excellence is trying to say, man, we have these huge transportation or transformational initiatives and we have all of these issues coming down on us and leadership is saying, we spent a ton of money on this and you guys haven't seen this. What is happening? Why are we not see, seeing these revenue um, outputs? Why are we not seeing what's this term called time to value? Why are we not seeing time to value? Well, the focus is wrong. And the focus is wrong because Samir and I were thinking about is what you have to do is not focus on revenue, but you got to focus on optimization, data-driven output, and, and creating efficiency. Because which in, output, which entails like you yeah. know, especially for targeting CIO, I would say ultimately the CIO is going to be held account held accountable for uh, opex yeah. reduction or revenue growth. Um, so ultimately, yes, I, I completely agree with you that. You're going to see those operational efficiencies. You're going to see the mm -hmm. scale. Uh, you're going to see a faster adoption to the technology and improve overall skill set in the organization, which if you translate into the value, you will see impact on your bottom line revenue. Correct. Right? Correct. Because now you're having your – HR is a great example. Now your HR – uh, and, and I'm not a, like a proponent of like you roll out Gen AI, you lay off a whole bunch of people. That's not what yeah. we're saying. But you don't necessarily, here's a good example. Let's say if you have a hundred people HR organization uh, for a large company where you have uh, a certain amount of tasks, like employee onboarding, right? It takes monumental effort mm -hmm. uh, to go through the employee, get them to the training, yeah. get them in this one week or two weeks uh, adoption versus if you can reduce that, to if it's a two week, we can reduce it to one week or maybe even less. Now you have a really good employee onboarding program where employees can come in and everything is set. They can go to a, a, a HR agent chat GPT that can provide them everything that they want to get onboarded and they don't have to go back and forth on the email. All that time that you're wasting today for employee onboarding can be improving overall the efficiency in that process. So that's just one example. And that's going to impact your cost because those HR employees that are now focused on going back and forth on this email and getting employee onboarded manually, 
they can be focused on some other talent growth activities. Like how mm-hmm. can I deploy programs to grow my employee, upskill them uh, and build a more talented organization. So that's how you can start to see the benefits of Gen AI versus just like implementing robots and laying off your employee. That's you know typically what, what CIO might think, but that's not what we're recommending. No, no, no. So, so when you look at the key challenges again, we'll, we'll go over those real fast again so we can bring it all together. The first one we say is like, you're trying to use this all in approach, right? Which is great because you, you're there for the long haul. You're there for the implementation, not to say we've tried a few things and it keeps breaking or we're not going to give it its full effort. No, no, no. You got to keep trying. You got to, you, you, you bring in something like Gen AI. This is a company wide initiative, right? This is a big deal. So you bring in a Gen AI and you understand there's going to have these complexities, going to have these technical debt. Great, right? It's going to happen. But what you got to realize, you got to start slow. You got to start with a proof of concept. You got to show that it works. You got to show that, you know, you're going to test it throughout. You're going to look at your, your failures. But when you're doing that, you're going to help that mitigate that risk. You're going to maximize the potential and you're going to make sure it's then deployed across the company. The second challenge we looked at is don't just stick it in one department and leave it there. No, that's not what it's talking about. What we want to do is we want to activate it for really long-term adoption. So you do this by using that first initiative, right, the test center. Once it's proven in that test center, you then create a center of excellence, the hub and spoke model, bring it across your business, and then spread it out to different centers to where then it goes from these efficiency centers into the cost and profit centers, right? Then you can, And then you can affect customer service. But don't test it in customer service first. Test it on internal systems. The third thing we talked about was these huge transformational efforts, right? And, you know, it's going to be a problem. There's going to be these complexities. There's going to be lower cost options. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, right? Focus on optimization. Focus on building efficiency. Yeah, don't, don't lose focus. I mean, yeah, obviously, you're going to get focus. worried, but yeah. don't lose focus, right? That's the main message here. Perfect. Awesome. No, this is, no, this is this fantastic. Is huge. Huge stuff. And the thing is, it's, and you're sitting there thinking, okay, let me give you an example. And then Sumir and I can, can wrap up today. But the first example is you're thinking, you know what? I'm not an IT guy. I listen to your podcast and I'm a marketing analytics guy. How, how does this relate to me? Oh, how does this relate to you? You're part of the center of excellence, right? This is your job as the marketing or analytics or data person to be able to go and build this relationship with IT. Right. If you go and find the generative AI technology and bring it to IT and say, hey, I want to do this implementation. Now, you know how to bring it to them. Right. Now, you know how to take it to them and say, I've got an idea, but I've got a strategic approach so we don't mess up. You know what I mean? No, this is great. Yeah, I think those are all very valid examples, uh, irrespective of the department that you are in, whether you are in IT or whether you're in analytics or data. Yeah. Uh, or you're in marketing or sales finance operations. So I think everything is, uh, everything comes together here and people need to collaborate. And as this roles from a CIO standpoint, your responsibility is to make sure that you are building the center of excellence in your organization. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you're you at the center of the center of excellence, right? From a CIO yes. perspective. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I think with that, Great. I think we, we have everything we need. I, I think in summary, you know, this, like I said, you know, it's, it's, uh, how do I say this? It's, it's a marathon, not a race, right? It's a journey. It's going to take time. 
Um, you know, generative AI is difficult, right? You know, when, when you bring it on board, understand that it, you got to test it out. You got to make sure that you, you do it the right way and take the right approach or else it's, it's going to be a painful approach and it's going to hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're going to see a lot of failures before you find, uh, you know, any wins or successes. But um, outside of that, uh, we're really excited. We're doing more frequency in our podcast. You can definitely find us on our YouTube page now. We new software, new technologies, better cameras. Um, we're making the investment for you guys. So.